Welcome back to the Broadcaster Podcaster. I'm your host, Mitchell Workman. Before we get into today's episode, I want to just have a quick talk with you guys about mental health. This episode is a tough episode for me. Uh, mental health has been something I've been working on for the last six to eight months, and uh, I've been improving myself. And uh, we lost somebody this week very close to us. Um, my brother-in-law passed away due to mental illness, and uh, we thought he was going to be getting the help he needed. So this episode is dedicated to him, and there's nobody I would rather talk to about this than my guest, Cliff Jett. Hey, Mitch. Uh, good, to, good to see you. Good to talk to you. I'm sorry it's under some, uh, some not-so-great circumstances, you. but uh, you know, mental, mental health is a, a pretty big deal. Um, you know, it's something that we kind of have to keep our eyes on and be attentive to. And, and sometimes it can, uh, it can be a major issue. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad we get to talk about it. Uh, we're not going to make this whole podcast about uh, mental health and what people need to do. Uh, Cliff is, is a really good friend and, and he is very good at, uh, his mental fortitude or whatever you say the word is. Uh, Cliff, you want to give him a quick, uh, yeah, I mean, like, well, especially in our industry, I mean, like, uh, our, our industry, um, especially when you get to uh, a certain level, um, or have a, 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 you know, certain expectation from the industry on yourself. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of travel, it's a lot of wear and tear, it's a lot of grind. I mean, uh, I'm lucky in the sense that I'm, a, I guess, kind of lucky in the sense that I'm a, a single guy without a, a family yeah. and, you know, big, you know, uh, dead over my head and that kind of stuff. So, uh, it's, it's a little less stressful on me. Uh, but I, I know a lot of people who, you know, work in our industry and deal with, you know, families and all that kind of stuff on top of, you know, never being home on top of, you know, not having a place where you can feel settled and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, it's, it's, it adds up uh, big time. It, it man. does. And, and, you know, I have a wife and a daughter and, uh, she's nine now and, and I've missed a lot of things, but I've also been there for a lot of things. And, uh, it's not even just when you travel, it's whenever you get into a different position, like me, I struggled, uh, mentally for the first six months. And I mean, I'm still working on it now. Um, right. With, uh, a lot of people don't understand, like when you're traveling all the time and then all of a sudden you're stuck at home, it's like, wait, what? It's like, what do right. I do with me? Yeah, it's it's different. It's very different. So, I mean, uh, I, the last uh, two months, uh, two entire months, I had a total uh, of three days that I was at home. Yep. Um, th- three days over the course of two entire months. Uh, and, you know, I'm about to, to go on a, a trip, um, to go on a two-week uh, work job, and then at three weeks on a you know vacation where I'm still not home, and I come back, and I'm gone for an entire month again. Yeah, uh, it's it's a lot to balance. Um, Although I you know, mean, there are, you are going to Japan, right? So I, I am, and I understand three weeks of that is is me for fun. But you know, I'm still not home. Um, yes. and it's it's you know, if I don't force myself to take a vacation and go do things that are going to give me a mental break as much as a physical break, yep. then I, it's it's you know. I'm not going to be operating at a hundred percent at the level that I want to operate at. And it's going to take a, a grind on me. Like uh, having the, those times where you're away from everything is super important, yeah. but you know, you know, as well as I do a lot of times when, when we freelance in this industry, uh, I, I freelance and not staff with any company. Uh, you know, it's very hard to say no. Uh, any job that you say no to could, you know, lead to you not having a job, you know, in the future. 
because uh, they have to find somebody to do the job that you want to do. That is true. Uh, so it's it's uh, you know mentally draining to to say no sometimes even, uh, but you know it's something that you kind of have to do. So you know I just got back from vacation. Uh, we went to the mountains. You know we live here in Florida where we got sun and sand and beaches and you know, everybody wants to come here. And me, I like going to the mountains to get away. We stayed at a cabin in the woods. The only thing we could hear is a creek. Um, there was right. a Sasquatch that stole my wife's water shoes, but only one. Huh. And then we found Was it. that Sasquatch named Mitch? No, it's named Justin, oh, my okay. nephew. And the photos are hilarious because he looks like Sasquatch. Gotcha. But it was kind of crazy. <laughs> so Thursday before I went on vacation, I had a, a, they have a town hall with ESPN for uh, – all the employees and it's our, it's our boss, our big boss. And he literally said something about mental health and to the disconnect of when you're not, when you're not at work and you're on your vacation, disconnect. Like we don't want you to be answering phone calls. Right. At the same token, I did it. I did get on a zoom call for college football planning and I got scolded. My, our, the manager of, uh, by, by your boss. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. The manager of college football was like, Mitch, you better not be on this phone call right now. And I told him like, right. Look, I'm in a car, I'm driving two hours. Like I'm just listening in. I just, so that way I kind of know. And Brian and I talk about this is it's hard when we go on vacation. Cause you don't know what you're coming back to if you're disconnected. So it's right. more stressful to us if we don't know what's going on than it is to just try and disconnect. Um, Right. But so it's 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 also very important to kind of push some of that stuff in wherever you can, like even if it's not a vacation vacation. Yeah. So like uh, I was just uh, on a job. I was in Seattle for a week um, and uh, I ended up taking a red eye flight back and I pushed my flight to like the next day so I can have one day and just go, like you said, up into the mountains. I, I find that very uh, relaxing too. go on a couple hikes, be surrounded by nature, that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and it's. One of the perks of our jobs is sometimes we get to travel so much and we get to see some places. And a lot of times we don't get to see the places. So if you can kind of extend by a day or two and take like that paid, quote unquote, paid travel day uh, to, to do some of that stuff, you should definitely take advantage of it. Yes, I 100% agree with that. That is, uh, you know, in our business, we do a lot of travel and, and it's it, a lot of people like, oh, my God, it must be amazing. You travel all these places. And, yeah, no. and as you know, and, and most of us know, we yeah. see the hotel. We see no, you see the airport. The airport. You see the airport, airport first. The airport. Okay. We see two airports. We get in the right. car and we drive in an unfamiliar place most of the time. Actually, now it's like mm-hmm. we know every place. So it's it's whatever. And then you go to a hotel. Then you drive to a venue. Then you drive back to a hotel. Most people eat at the hotel bar because it's easy and open when we get back. Yeah, see, I never got that. I, I don't, don't like that. I love finding food, as you know, mm-hmm. outside of the vin- of the hotel. Uh, I am and that's a- why you and I get along. Yeah. Like, we go on these adventures when we're on jobs and, and you know, try to do a little bit of that. Yeah. And, but and uh, we, it's, it's hard to, you know? It is. Like, it's, it's especially if, like, for you as, as, like, the engineer when you're an engineer on the truck, but also just in general, like, it's hard to have a 10, 15 hour day, some, some, somewhere in between that, uh, where you're physically exhausted and then force yourself to go out and, you know, see someplace new. Well then, and on top of that, you're eating at 10, 11 o'clock at night and going to bed. And then you wonder why all the engineers are fat because they work 16 hour days and then they eat at 10 o'clock at night. I, For the record, you wonder why all the engineers are fat. I didn't say that. I love my engineer friends. Yeah. Well, you know, I can tell you this now that I've been home, uh, I've, uh, I've lost 30 pounds. 
I actually hey. was mowing the grass today. I was out weed whacking in 110 degrees. As you know, it's... Is a weed whacking a euphemism for something? No, no. That's like a weed whacker. A, a oh, weed eater. okay. Weed gotcha. Eater. Come on. You don't know what a weed okay. eater is? Cool. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> As a single guy who's renting yeah, in downtown true. Orlando? No, I don't. No, uh, I was uh, out there in 100... You know, it was 95 with a heat index of 110. And I came in and I was like, um, honey, um, look at my pants. And my pants are around my knees because they're falling off me. Size 38. I, I, I'm already down to a size 36 and I want to be down to a size 34 and I am halfway there. Hey, that, all right. Way to go. A lot of it is eating and uh, B12. Okay. I got to take my B12. It helps my metabolism. Right. So, all right. Hey, you know, what, what's working for you is working for hey, you. It's working for me and water. As you can see in my hand, well, you guys can't, but you mm-hmm. can see in my hand, I got my water bottle. Uh, when I started right. at ESPN back in October, I quit drinking soda for the most part. I still occasionally have that sh- real sugar soda, you know, Dr. Pe- or um, Coke, real sugar, Mexican Coke, whatever, and cheer wine. I did have a cheer wine with dinner, but for the most part, I've cut a lot of sugar. It's like a reward, you know? Yeah. And it's whatever I, you know, I try not to judge people. And if you're, whatever you do works for you, then it's for you. I mean, like you, I couldn't eat vegetables all the time but it's a little more than that but yeah but i've went to restaurants with you that were what vegan or vegetarian restaurants mm-hmm. and right and and some of the food's really good and you've also went to restaurants yeah. that with me that are absolutely not vegetarian and <laughs> found something to eat <laughs> <laughs> i mean every once in a while i flex yeah um you know but uh, yeah, I mean, so so the whole thing is that you know, like certain things work for certain people, um, and I feel like that applies with uh, with like mental health too, especially yep. with our you know stuff on the road. Like my, I, I have this routine uh, that I do every day where I, I do my meditation, I do my yoga, I do some form of exercise in the morning. Um, it kind of gets my head on right and gets me centered, and and I find that super important, uh, especially when I'm traveling and I know that I'm not in, you know, a familiar area or I'm not like at home where I want to be, I find it very centering, uh, and, and relaxing, uh, especially when it comes to a lot of the stuff that you and I do, uh, where we're live on the air and, you know, we, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, uh, I kind of enjoy the rush, but, uh, you know, we don't get a second take to do some things, you know, we don't get, uh, a redo, uh, in live events or in live sports. So like you have to nail it that first time. Yeah. Um, and if something goes wrong, you're running to fix it right away. Um, you can't hold the event to fix your issues. So it's a very uh, high pressure, uh, intense situation sometimes. Uh, and if I don't have those, those moments where I can, uh, you know, calm myself down, like it, it, I don't operate at a hundred percent efficiency. Yeah. I don't, and I feel off. That's, um, and, and I, honestly, that's my hardest part with my, with what I'm doing now is being home. I'm not in the, in that ring of fire of that's the one thing I miss about being an engineer was that satisfaction at the end of the day of we just went through the trenches and nobody at home knows the problems that we've had. Um, especially like, cause so you just came back from PFL, um, San Antonio. How did it go? I did. Dude, it was insane. Uh, I, I definitely, uh, collapsed at the end of, of our, our one day set inside the venue. Um, and uh, I just I couldn't get up like I I laid down on the cement floor <laughs> next to the cage and I just laid there for like thirty minutes. Yeah. Um. Definitely. On our on our show day actually I uh, I took um 
I took a, my lunch break and instead of going to eat lunch, I locked myself in the, in the room where the commissioner, I think where the commission was supposed to be. Uh, I just locked the door and I meditated for 20 minutes. Like, uh, and, and very apropos that we're having this conversation now, uh, you know, mental health, all that kind of stuff. But like that, that 20 minutes where I just sat there and I, I sat in my corner and I did my breathing exercises. And like, if I didn't have that, I definitely would have flipped out on somebody. For sure. Yeah. And, and PFL, for everybody that doesn't know, Professional Fighters League, Cliff, that's where Cliff and I met a couple of years ago down in, um, I don't know where the hell we were. I think we were in Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, Fort Lauderdale yeah. was our first run. So I love PFL. I loved doing PFL. I loved 90% of the people that we worked with. Um, you know, there's a lot of really good people on there and it's a struggle. It's a lot to get done. And a lot of people don't understand how much goes into it. Um, that's the big thing with, with this podcast that I want people to see what we do, or at least hear what we do and hear some of the stories of the triumph and the, uh, the tribulations of what we go through. You know, a lot of people are like, there's no way you work a hundred hour work week. And it's like, yeah, I did. Do you want to see like, here, look, I got to I mean, a hundred hour work week sounds great. Yeah. Like when somebody says, oh my God, I'm so tired of my job. And I'm like, well, how many hours did you work? Oh, I worked 40 hours. I'm like, oh, it's nice to have a part-time job, isn't it? You know, because yeah. for us, a normal work week can be 80 hours and that's nothing. I like the 60-hour work weeks. That's where right. the government doesn't take as much of your money. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know if you and I should go into that kind of conversation yeah, right now. Yeah, we don't. Uh, so uh, there's there's <laughs> one question that everybody always asks, and, and I'm sure it's been asked 100 times to you. How did you get your start? Um, so I'm, I'm going to tell a, a very condensed version of this story. Um, I, uh, I got involved with the, uh, I went to college and I went to college for radio and television, but you know, it's the same as almost any industry. Like you, you go to college and you learn more on the first day on the job than you do, you know, when you're doing anything. Yeah. Uh, so I don't necessarily credit the fact that I went to college for it for anything. And I tell people all the time, like you don't need a degree to work in our industry. Um, you know, it's, it's nice to have a degree and to have something to fall back on, but it's not necessary. Um, so when I was at college, I, uh, got involved with like the student media, uh, stuff. And I realized very quickly that I do not want to be, uh, in like local news and local broadcasts and that kind of stuff. Um, no, uh, just, just not, not my thing. Um, not, not what I wanted to be in. Uh, but I was covering a, uh, basketball game. Uh, UCF, I went to UCF, I went to, uh, so I was covering a UCF basketball game and I happened to see, uh, one of the camera operators had a hat on for, uh, a TNA wrestling. Um, and I, that's it. Um, I, uh, growing up, I was a huge wrestling fan. I was obsessed with it in high school and like every shirt that I had was like some sort of a WWE or TNA shirt. I Um, remember those days. You were at my high school? No, no, no. I was definitely that was a little creepy. Okay, I would have been a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. Not that you're old, but yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so I saw that hat, and uh, it happened that to be that that the reporter who was with me, the student reporter who was with me, knew that camera guy. Went over and made an introduction. Um, that camera guy asked if I wanted to come by, you know, and, and see the set, uh, and and you know, be behind the scenes over at TNA, and I went over there and. Uh, I kind of talked my way into an internship for college credit and, uh, they put me on a crew full of freelancers. They put me on, on what's called the pre-tapes crew. 
so we do all the sort of backstage segments, um, you know, the interviews, the, the locker room, all, all the drama stuff. Uh, and uh, I, I just kind of clicked with a lot of those guys. And, uh, you know, one day I would go there and the audio guy would pull me aside and show me how to mic someone up. And the next day the, the shooter, the camera operator would come over and show me how to like shoot, you know, compose shots, that kind of stuff. Uh, I absolutely loved our, our technical producer uh, who did a little bit of everything. Uh, he was a shooter. He knew how to do the lighting. He knew a little bit of audio. And they were all just very, very good people uh, and, and very sarcastic. I got along with them very well. Um, and I learned a lot of my basics and fundamentals from them, uh, things that I still pass on you know, to, to anybody who, who will listen to me uh, you know, whenever, uh, whenever – and I, so I just, I met a lot of, uh, a lot of freelancers and, uh, for whatever reason we clicked and, uh, they kind of took me, you know, on their next jobs and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and I started building a network. Um, well, some of that has to do with, with your hard work and dedication to the job. Um, that's the one thing that I always try and tell people when they're coming into business. Like, I think, I think I talked about this on my last podcast is, is go out there and do the jobs. Do the jobs nobody else wants because that's how you meet people. A lot of our right. thing is networking and and you can't get complacent. I was talking to Sean and um, one of the utilities here is going to be his V3. And he reached out to me, which was cool. Like he reached out to me to ask me a question about it. And Sean was like, I just want somebody that's going to come in here and do the job and want to do the job. Because right. the problem is, is you get these people that have been doing this for 10 years as a utility and they're kind of like, eh. I don't need to right. because I've been here doing it 10 years. Right. So, no, I mean, I, I understand that, um, you know, there's definitely a bit of complacency and I agree with you to an extent, like, you know, especially when you're first starting out saying yes to everything. Like I did that. I spent years with an attitude of never saying no to jobs, regardless of, of the pay and, and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, there's definitely jobs I wish that I didn't work, that I did work, but uh, it is what it is. I think the biggest piece of advice though, and I'm sure you're going to agree with me here, uh, if, if you can make somebody else's job easier, then you're going to get that phone call in the future to come back and, and you know, to work with them, or they're going to remember you and, and recommend you for other stuff. Correct. Uh, I and, think and, making. And, and as engineer, it's not always just about how much, you know, it's also about your customer service and how, how much you can make your, the people you're working for's job easier. Right. Like, like anticipating like, needs, jumping in, like before you, you get asked to do something, volunteering correct. to do things. Yeah. And as you know, I mean, I was always trying to, I was always walking around um, or, or sleeping in a hammock, one of the two, uh, during a show just to see what was going on or watching TV in the back of the truck um, with Larry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, but again, I've been doing this 10 years. So it kind of got to the point where like, I usually, once you've been doing this long enough. Well, you kind of, you knew, you knew all the pitfalls and you knew that you had yeah. planned for all that stuff and you were just, uh, you know. Taking taking a mental health break to be prepared if uh, if shit hit the fan. Well, no, that's a, that's one of those things. Well, what I joke about sleeping in a hammock. Uh, I've only slept in a hammock a couple times, and usually it's because I've done it sleeping. more than a couple times. Well, but not while you're working. Oh, there there are some times in the NBA bubble, my friend, where yeah, I was under different. those bleachers. Oh, okay. But you know what I mean. Like as yeah. an engineer, you don't usually see an engineer sleeping in a hammock. Right while there's stuff going on but it, a lot of the times especially pre-covid we worked when we were sick right and it it was not fun um i remember in dallas last year when i was sick um with a sinus infection for the third time last year um and 
Dan kept setting up my hammock for me to take a nap. So that way I could get a little bit of rest because I just didn't feel good. Uh-huh. Um, but it's nice to have. People yeah. But, and, and like, that's, that's super important. I think that's another, um, you know, piece of advice, uh, that, that you definitely touched on there is to, if you're personable or if you get along with the people, like I've, I've personally called people for jobs, uh, like that, that were openings that I needed to fill, you know, or, or that a crew was looking for. I've called people because I wanted to hang out with them or because I wanted to be around them or, yes. uh, you know, what, rather than their technical skill. A hundred percent. Like, and, and I would rather work with somebody who I want to work with, who, whether that's making my job easier or they're just fun to be around rather than somebody who is technically good at the job, uh, but is a pain in the ass to work with, or that, you know, makes right. my day, uh, less fun like that. I, I, it's weird to say fun, you know, as if that's like a, a you know, qualifying factor in, in what we do. But, you know, I, I think I'm speaking for you here as well. Like, I thoroughly enjoy what we do for a living. I don't feel like I work. Like, I, I love what I do. And, and sometimes there's days that are harder than others. But at the end of the day, like, we, we make pictures of live events for people to be entertained. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's fun. Um, it's, and so it's, There's nothing else I would rather do. I mean, anybody that get that's complained about what we do and talk about stuff like that, it's like, you know what? Go out and dig a ditch. Until you get out <laughs> doing those jobs where you're digging ditches in 110 degrees, I don't want to hear it. Because what <laughs> well, we do is, okay. I mean, come on. I haven't dug ditches in 100 degree weather, but okay. I'll take your word for I it. Have, it sucks. And it sucks. And, and we're also on a Zoom call here, and Cliff and I, uh, my background is Cliff and I at PFL on the stage, or on the, in the ring, um, and that's one of the cool things that we do get to do. And that's one of the things I love is when we get to do stuff. Like I got a photo of me uh, laying down on the field at Mizzou, you know, my favorite college football team. Uh, it, it's one of those things. I got the, I got my photo. I finally PFL challenger last year. I got, or this year, I got my uh, Randy Couture photo on stage with my family, with right. Randy, one of the nicest guys you'll work with, as you know, He's very easygoing, but that is the cool part of our job. Right. I mean, there's a lot of cool events that, you know, that we get to work. Like, uh, I mean, I've, I've worked, uh, Super Bowl, I've worked Stanley cup, I've worked NBA finals, I've worked Daytona 500s, world series, you know, WrestleManias, like all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's very cool to be there in the moment and sort of get this, this atmosphere and this perspective that, you know, people at home don't get to see that doesn't convey as much over television and, and, it's, it's like electric, you know, it's, there's, there's something in the air. It's, it's super cool to be there and to do these kinds of things. And, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's always it. interesting when we bring somebody in to see what we do and they really have no idea how much goes on behind the scenes when they see how much is going on, they're just in awe. You know, right. I know whenever I brought at PFL last year at challenger series, I brought the owners of the gym that my wife and I attend, uh, their MMA gym, you know, kickboxing, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and MMA and they came and watched and they were enamored with what we were doing. And it's like, this is a small show. I mean, challenger series is what four or five hard ca- or, uh, handheld cameras. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then a few small cameras. It's nothing like PFL regular season or, or, or championships. And they were just flabbergasted at how much And I'm like, this ain't nothing. Right. Like, this is half a show right here. And they're like, I couldn't imagine how do you guys do this? And it's like, we all know what we're doing for the most part. Right. And we do our jobs and, and we enjoy ourselves. Yeah. And, and I mean, how else can you enjoy yourself at work as much as we get to, um, even on the bad days? 
it's still way better than digging ditches. Very much so, man. I mean, yeah, you know, it, it's so it, you say that we get to do cool stuff. What is something that you've done? Like, what are some of the like things like your accolades that you're like, this is what I tell everybody. Oh, shit, I've done this. You know, I've done Super Bowls and Final Fours. And we've right. Done PFL. right. Well, I mean, I just yeah, uh, the, the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I, I did the Super Bowl this year it was my first one, which was super cool, uh, especially because my team was in it. They didn't win it, but my team was in it. So it was a cool uh, experience stanley cup uh, nba finals uh daytona 500 i uh, did a world i done the world series the last two years uh, all-star games the last two years uh for mlb um i mean my biggest my biggest one for me personally because of the you know the aforementioned uh obsession with pro wrestling when i was a kid and growing up uh the wrestlemania was a big one for me um i remember the day after i worked my first wrestlemania uh, waking up and, and thinking, what was I going to do with my life now that I accomplished? Like the, the thing that was driving my entire yep. career. Um, and, uh, you know, after that, I ended up moving and, and living in Europe for like three years because I didn't feel like I, I had anything else to accomplish, you know? So, Cl- Cliff, you were in Europe for three years. That That is something that I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I kind of just decided to uh to go and, and live a little bit more um you know i spent this whole time setting up this freelance uh circle uh you know this network of of people and i was kind of worried about it disappearing but uh yeah. by the same token you know i listened to the advice of my elders um and all of them were telling me that i need to go and have these life experiences and, and do all this stuff and if i don't do it you know in my 20s then i'm not going to have time to do it you know later in life uh to travel with without any kind of overhead or restrictions or uh, obligations or responsibilities, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so I did. It, it, it's, you know, I, my wife and I've been together almost 20 years. Um, and I am a hundred percent in agreement with anybody that ever told you that. That's yeah. one of those things where my wife and I didn't have that option. I mean, you know, we were 19 and 20 when we, when we got together. Um, yes, I turned 40 in uh, 11 days. I like um, that you checked your watch for that. Yeah, well, you know, my watch has the date, the time, oh, okay. and how much exercise uh-huh. I've done today. So, <laughs> uh, the I, I really wish more kids would do that these days. And I, and I know, you know, you're not a kid right now. I mean, you're still a kid at heart, just like me. But kids these days, like they don't, they don't have the aspiration to go see things and and get the life experiences. And I wish more kids would. Um, I know I sure as hell wish I would have, because uh, my life experiences were not the fun ones. But at the same token, now, you know, now that I've established myself in this business and I've made myself a career and a living and, and have all the stuff that everybody always shoots for the, the house and the toys. And now we're getting to where we get to go. Right. And explore. Yeah. But not and, for and years. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that, that was that was a long time. Uh, and I only kind of came back uh, on a whim, uh, you know, because uh, I'd, I'd gotten a call. Uh, from WWE, uh, asking me uh, if I'd like to do a little more regular work with them. Uh, and when I got that phone call, I conveniently left out the fact that, uh, so they called me up and said, hey, can you be in Texas in three days, do some training? And I said, yes. And I conveniently left out the fact that while I was on the phone with them, I was in uh, in Nice in, in France. Uh, and or, I'm sorry, I was in Rennes, in France. I was in France was the bottom line. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had, to, I had to get back to Texas in like two days on a, you know, flight that I hadn't had booked. So I took like an overnight train to like Belgium. And then I flew from Belgium to South Florida so I can go and pick up some work stuff and then, you know, flew to Texas. Like, uh, 
just but that's an experience. It's, that's a life it's definitely an experience. experience. And you know, it, just the way that everything kind of worked out, um, you know, I was there and, and I came back and a, a little bit back and forth. There's a lot more to the story, but I was here uh, for COVID. Uh, and, and at the time I was supposed to be in Mexico at a yoga retreat uh, when everything got locked down. So I'm really glad that I was here uh, in Orlando uh, for that stuff because that would have been bad. Um, but like that was a huge obstacle uh, in, in a lot of people's careers was, was you know, COVID and we're still kind of recovering from that as an industry. Oh, yeah. So I'm really glad that I was here uh, for that stuff. Um, and, and, you know, that I was, I was prepared for a lot of that stuff because that's, you know, not something that, that people in our position can, you know, foresee coming or not something that everyone in our industry is prepared for. Yeah. And that in COVID really took a toll on our business on, on freelancers, on uh, even staff employees, you know, a lot of people didn't have a job and, uh, we haven't gotten a lot of them back. So we've lost a lot of our top talent and not to like call anybody out, but some of the talent that we got to keep was not the ones we wanted to keep. Uh, <laughs> right. And that's, and that's kind of the problem we're having right now in our industry is, is getting good people to come in that want to do the job and want to do it right and wholeheartedly and not half-ass it because, well, they're, what are they going to do? They don't have anybody else. Um, right. Yeah. Which, yeah, it, no, I, it seems like though that a lot of networks and stuff like that are kind of pushing back on these people that aren't doing their job and then they're, they're, it's not just about their ability. It's also about their attitude. Right. And, so, and, and honestly, like, I think that that is something that I would definitely try to convey to other people, especially people who are up and coming in the industry. Oh, yeah. uh, something to me that uh, I severely dislike it. And along the same vein, I hate it, hate it, hate it. When people tell me that they know how to do something and then they don't, 100%. I would much rather somebody come up to me and say that they don't know how to do something and have me explain it to them or have me show them how to do it so that they can learn how to do it as opposed to telling me that you know how to do it and you clearly don't and then I have to go back and redo it anyway, uh, you know, fix their mistake and then do it myself. Like that annoys the absolute bejeebus out of me. I Well, I... I was going to say fuck, but then I realized I probably shouldn't say fuck, but then I just said fuck anyway. Right. So, so fuck it. it's funny you say this about uh, up and coming. So Michael Goings, I know you probably know Michael Goings. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he's with Sean. Is this he's going in the podcast now. right now? No, 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 no. He okay, is. Okay, you're cutting this out. He's with Sean on college football this year. Yeah. And he asked me like, is there anything like any advice you're going to give me for this year? Sean Erickson, and, right? And right here. August 7th, 3.22 p.m. If you don't know, don't be afraid to ask for help. And he goes, yeah, he talked to Sean and all this stuff. But also, as a correct, you go to Stu, the video guy, and you find out his expectations of you. Like, what does he want you to do? And that's, I mean, it's funny that you're saying this because I literally am telling, you know, people that are up and coming, like, look, this is what you need to do. You need to bust your ass because that's what we want. And if you bust your ass, then you're going to move up. If you're going to half-ass it, you're going to be a 75-year-old utility doing nothing. Whew, um, I know a couple 75-year-old utilities doing nothing who I hope are not listening to this podcast right now. I will tell you this, though. The <laughs> one that I know that he was he was retired from his business, and he's doing this just to be able to be on the field to do stuff. And right. He's actually not bad for utility of, of his age. Right. He outworks some of those kids. Yeah, dude. I, when I was in San Antonio uh, this past week, uh, one of our one of our utilities was like I'd say probably it's fifty to sixty year old woman, 
about half my height. Um, definitely uh, a little less un less less healthy than uh, she probably should be for a position that you know she's in because utility is a very physical position. Uh, yes. But she immediately jumped in, and I was very impressed uh, and and very and it was a very pleasant surprise because I was very much expecting yeah. uh, the exact opposite. Um, so definitely don't judge books by the cover. Okay. So for those that don't know that are listening to this, that are not in our business, uh, utility is basically the person that does a lot of things. They're the ones where it's like, Hey, go run this cable. Hey, go move this to over here. Uh, it, it's the low, one of the lowest jobs you can do in our business. And I say lowest as in the lowest position to start at where 90%. That's where I, I got mean, it's, my it's like a, it's like a worker bee type position, yeah. you know, like you're, you're kind of setting up infrastructure. They're super important. And the ones that come in there that think that you're just getting to hang out on the field and do nothing are the ones that, you know, we have to try and get out and like get the ones that are in here that want to do the work. And it's great to see because Cliff, you were utility. I was a utility. I, I a still utility the, every once in a while. And you still do. And you do it for PFL, but you're doing it with PFL at a higher uh, well, I would I would consider P like I'm I'm the lead there, but uh, I, I mean I I was saying like a still utility like as as a local on some stuff every once in a while. Um, because why not? Yeah, if I'm available I, and and you know it's 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 fun sometimes to work as a local to see the people who you kind of grew up yep. with in the area, you know, and go back and have it's almost like summer camp vibes sometimes, man. Oh yeah, no, I do love. I wish I could go over and do a, a um, Orlando City soccer game, um, not as a utility because it's too hot for that. But uh, for anything, I mean, you know, I, I always love it whenever I get to see somebody, you know, Katrina, a cat as she mm -hmm. goes by in Orlando. She's um, a really good utility. Uh, it's always great when I get to work with her. You know, I mean, it, she's my, uh, as everybody will say, my wife, work wife, um, which is funny because uh, when my wife didn't know her before she knew her, she's like, who is this woman? But Katrina and I like, during hurricanes we go to katrina's house like uh -huh. she opens up her house to me and my wife that's right. the business and that's like the people i will tell you with this whole uh i mean you, your road family is your family they are like and that's what we say as you just said road family like that's our family that when we're not home those are the people that we're spending all those time with uh or road wife like i had paul was my road wife and we fought like road couples or, you know, like husband and wife. He was the wife and I was the husband. Okay. That out there. So when he listens, <laughs> Not that there's a problem with being the wife. Yeah. He, he was uh, a he very attractive wife, wife, you know, and, and he pulled his own weight. He, he did. And he still does. And, uh, I miss Paul. I miss working with Paul. I miss working with you, Larry Same. And, and everybody, uh, at PFL. And I don't miss the grind of being an engineer on a truck. But I miss the companion. I don't want to say companionship because it's not. Well, I mean, as as the engineer on the truck, you know, you're you're the guy who has to fix everything at all times. You have to know oh, yeah. everything that's that's going on with the show, the ins, the outs, all that kind of stuff. And you know, people. I I remember the the first uh, the first PFL that I worked with you that we were talking about earlier in Fort Lauderdale. The the A unit engineer at the time uh, was was a different guy. Was Aaron, and uh, he put up a sign on his door that said, "Do not enter. Talk to Cliff." Uh, because I was down uh, underneath the stairs at the IO panel. Yep. He had everybody go through me, and then I would tell him the important things to work which on. Is, which I wish more people would do it that <laughs> way, because yeah. the problem that the bottleneck on most engineering or on most trucks is the EIC 
is taking care of a lot of stuff. And he can't prioritize when he has 10 people asking him for things that some of them are really irrelevant. Like, look, if you need a monitor change and the router is dead right now, I don't think it's a really appropriate time. But I wish there was that buffer. And I was always trying to be that buffer for Paul. Not so much Aaron because Aaron could handle his own. Uh, he'd put a sign up that says, go talk to somebody else because I don't want to talk to you. So, <laughs> right. I, you know, it's, I miss that and I miss the travel. And, and I get to – coming up, I get to travel some for college football. Um, and we got some exciting stuff coming up. Uh, I, I might have my own sh- – not my own show because I'm not on air. But I might have a show that uh, I get dedicated to. That you're going to invite your, your buddy Cliff to, right? Uh, no, because you're going to be in Japan, remember? Yeah, not not for the entire college football season. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, because okay. I know we're going to need CP people. So, and it's going to be a lot of one-offs. It's going to be like, oh, we're going to do it this week, but not next week. Um, but September 22nd, uh, I'm having, um, what is that, rhinoplasty surgery? I'm oh, getting a okay. nose job. I'm going to get my little nose, my nose shrunk down. No, I, uh, as you, as you know, I have a deviated septum and I'm finally getting it fixed. Hopefully okay. no more, uh, sinus infections. Um, especially traveling. A lot of people don't realize how sick you get from traveling all the time. And I got sinus infection after every PFL. Ooh, um, okay. Because I, I, I don't want to jinx myself, but I don't get sick after traveling for work. I do. Well, you also live healthier than me. You meditate and like eat healthy and drink healthy and I'm fat. Well, I'm not, I'm, I, uh, I spent a bunch of today, actually. I went to a chiropractor today. I went and got like a massage for like an hour. Yep. By, uh, I have a massage therapist who does this trigger point therapy. All this preventative care, man, because like it's, a wear, oh, yeah. it's wear and tear on our body big time. Yeah. And like, you know, you got to try to try to, to take care of it when you can. So Cliff, uh, you and I can talk for hours um, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, is there, uh, we're going to wrap it up. I just want to say, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to tell to anybody out there that, um, whether it's people coming up or people in the industry or, or is there anything you want to say to everybody? I mean, there's, there's a lot of ups, there's a lot of downs to our industry, but you know, like we were talking about earlier, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, we get to go out and have fun and, uh, it's, it's important to remember that, um, you know, and it's, it also can seem very intimidating to, to people trying to, uh, you know, get into the industry where to start. And, and, you know, you can be very, uh, you know, we were all PAs and runners at one point where we were, you know, shy and, and afraid to, you know, ask things or get involved or, or that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, just don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to talk to somebody. I think, uh, some of my first real big breaks I got, I got because, you know, I wasn't afraid and I went up and I talked to the audio guy and I said, Hey, what are you doing? Can you explain it to me? Or can you show me how to do this? And, um, I remember my second job ever uh, that I was on. It was a reality TV show, uh, and I was hanging out with the audio dude, uh, and, and out, you know, talking about the, the mixer that he had on him, where he was, you know, mixing all these all these lobs and all these talents. Uh, and he just he made a joke to me. He was like, "Yeah, I mean, this thing's pretty heavy. Do you want to wear it?" And I said, "Yes." Uh, and he just put it on me, and I mixed like for an hour on the show. There you go. Um, you know, just don't be afraid to take opportunities. Oh yeah, and and. and- most of the time you can kind of read a person if they're going to actually help you or not. Or, you know, I mean, if somebody's like standoffish, of course it's harder to ask them, but there's even times where I, I, uh, I was at PFL. I don't know where the hell we were and I brought my daughter. So it had to have been challenger series. And, uh, we went into audio. Peacock was mixing 
because O'Gorman wasn't there and Peacock was mixing. And uh, Sean pulls up a chair and has my daughter sit down. And my daughter, my at that time, eight-year-old daughter, is helping Sean mix the show. And people like that is the people that are in this industry that we all love to work with because uh-huh. they, they enjoy their job and they enjoy what they do and they don't have a problem showing other people how to do stuff. The ones that are insecure, the ones that are probably not doing the best job. Um, you know, like Nancy, Nancy will show you whatever she wants to. Cause Nancy is a hell of a, of a video person. Yeah. Wizard. Um, she is a video wizard. I mean, she does things with cameras that it like, she just enamors me watching her. Yep. Uh, but it, you know, it's, and, yeah. and also just a great person, family. Uh, oh, I haven't yeah. seen her. Uh, she hasn't been on our show for a little bit. Uh, she's been yep. working on other stuff. Uh, and she sent me a, a, a postcard. Uh, she sent me a, a handwritten card with a whole bunch of stickers. Um, you know, just because we missed, she missed hanging out with me and I missed hanging out with her. Uh, and it was super I'm cool. Upset. I'm texting her right now because I'm upset <laughs> that I didn't get a pic. No, her and I did. Wait, fine. wait. Well, yeah. Wait, wait, wait like an hour, okay? Let me let me thank her for the card first because I haven't got a chance to do that. I, I got too no. busy. You know, somebody was bugging me to come on their podcast. I haven't had time to respond. Yeah, I know. I, you know, it's uh, Cliff, this is actually, uh, Cliff and I actually recorded one of these already and um, it, it, we did a good job, but it was just a little bit too long and I didn't really feel like it was what I want the podcast to be and Cliff was kind enough to work with me to, to re-record this and, and more of a conversational and, and how Cliff and I wanted to talk about ourselves and our lives. And, uh, I really appreciate Cliff for being on here with me. I, uh, I, I, anybody that wants to be on here, you, you probably have a way to, uh, get a hold of me, but the list is growing. Thankfully. Uh, I got more people asking me than I have time right now. So, uh, good problem to have. It is. And I hope that, you know, people listen to this and, and really understand our lives and the effort that we put in to make sure that they can watch their shows and just have a little bit more appreciation than our circus that we call TV. Uh, you know, and we're 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 out there doing it and we're out there having fun. And, and uh, I miss being out there with everybody. I will tell you that. I, I miss being around all my friends and coworkers and and the, the long sleepless nights. Which well, we miss you. Odd. Definitely miss you. I'm sure your family appreciates having you around most of the that time. They do. You know, that's the one thing at the end of the day I always remember is my daughter is happy for me to be home. And whenever I do have to go to work, she gets upset again. So it, it for five years, she didn't. She's like, whatever, dad's going to work. It's normal. Now she's back to like, oh, shit, dad's, dad has to leave. What's, what, what do you mean? Uh, you know, I was super lucky. I got to spend the entire summer with my daughter. Got to take her to Disney World. Got to do all this fun stuff with her. And it's one of those things that she'll never forget. I hope she never forgets because I didn't get that. You know, my dad worked. My mom worked. So, um, Cliff, I, I greatly bad. appreciate your time and your story. And uh, I'm sure you'll probably be back on because I know that you want to come back and, and talk crap about me. <laughs> so Who doesn't? Cliff, I, uh, I greatly appreciate it. And uh, I hope everybody uh, enjoys your story. Oh, me too. Thanks for having me on again. As we wrap up this episode, I want to take a moment to address a critical matter in my life. 
suicide prevention. If you or someone you know is in crisis, there is a lifeline available that can make a real difference. Simply dial 988 on your phone to reach the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Trained professionals are there to listen, provide support, connect you with resources that can help. You're never alone. Help is just a call away. Remember, seeking help is a sign of strength, and re reaching out to others can make all the difference. Thank you for listening to the Broadcaster Podcaster. Let's continue to spread awareness, support one another, and make a positive impact in our community. And I'll leave you with this. The broadcast crew is not just a team. They are a family sharing laughter, challenges, and triumphs on the journey of creativity. Thank you and good night.